0: You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic, holistic physician, best-selling author, international speaker, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio.
1: Here's Dr. Suzanne. In the last few years, there's been a lot of talk about SIBO or SIBO. And S-I-B-O stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And how to treat it, of course, uh, a lot of information about treatment protocols. But did you know that there's also a condition called CIFO or SIFO? S-I-F-O, it stands for small intestinal fungal overgrowth. And it's a completely different microbe we're talking about. But it can truly display very similar symptoms of bacterial overgrowth, such as bloating, gas, cramping, constipation, diarrhea, nausea, Foggy brain fatigue we a lot of us deal with this every single day, but proper diagnosing is absolutely necessary because the treatment protocol will be different. Today, we have one of the world 's leading experts of the microbiome, Dr. Mahmoud Ganoon. in fact, he is the scientist who coined the term "micbe. Biome, microbiome, our body's fungal community, and has been studying this microbiome for, and the microbiome for the past 40 years. In 2016, Dr. G, I'm going <laughs> to shorten it because I know that um, I'll probably flub up on his name again. Uh, Dr. G's research on the microbiome of Crohn's patients was groundbreaking, and he was the first scientist to identify that bacteria and fungi actually work together in our gut's microbiome. He's also discovered that within 24 hours, you can remake your microbiome. And he shares how to do just that and more in his new book, Total Gut Balance. It sets you on the fast track for more energy, weight loss, optimal digestion, and ultimately better health. Even if your bacteria in your microbiome is less than ideal. Amazing. So great to have you here, Dr. G.
0: Thank you very much for having me. It's really great pleasure.
1: Wonderful. Now, a lot of us, majority of us, have heard about the microbiome, but what about the myco, M-Y-C-O biome? Tell us more about that.
0: Well, certainly. You know, as, as you appropriately said, we all thought the microbiome is really made of bacteria only, but studies have shown for years, as you mentioned, 40 years ago, we figured out that in addition to bacteria, we have also another community, which is the fungal community or fungus, as you say, that live in and on our body. So you will find it in our oral cavity, in the mouth. We find it in our gut, as well as in our skin. And what's interesting about this, as as I mentioned, like over 40 years ago, when I started to work in this area, trying to understand the fungal community, what I noticed is that people, let's say, Ladies who take an antibiotic such as tetracycline, what happens? You kill the bacteria and suddenly you develop thrush. In other words, when you get rid of the good and bad bacteria, you are giving a chance for the fungi to start to grow and increase. And over the years, we started to see that this is true in a number of of situation also in different parts of our body.
1: Great. Yes. You know, I don't know where I read this, Dr. G, but I read somewhere where that the fungi and, and of course the fungi, we naturally have fungi all over us, as you said, is part of our natural microbiome, but the percentage within our gut is about 7%. Am I correct about that? I read that somewhere and I don't know if that's correct. Maybe you could shed some more.
0: Yes, this is a very good point. I mean, people sometimes, when they're talking about the microbiome, they say, "Listen, listen, the percentage level of bacteria is more than 90%. So you have very little percentage of fungi. Why do we care? However... Our studies, and if you look at fungi under the microscope, you will see that the size of the fungi is nearly one cell, fungal cell, is equivalent to more than 10 bacterial cells. So it's not just the, the number, also it's the volume and the mass that is there. So in this way, even though we don't have as much in the number of organisms, but the ones we have, they play a big role because of their size as well.
1: Right, let's go ahead into the different types of fungi. And you know, what I know is that in the fungi kingdom, it's a huge kingdom, there's yeasts, and then there's molds, right? And both of them produce toxins called mycotoxins within our skin. It's different. The, the, the fungi that um, microbe is different from what's internally is that correct
0: it is correct actually as you rightly pointed out the fungal kingdom has different groups it has the yeast which is like candida likes baker's yeast, like saccharomyces we have the molds such as aspergillus or fusarium which have a lot of mycotoxins as well but on the skin we have what we call dermatophytes they are organisms that cause infection in our what we call skin hair and nail so they are different group of organisms such as the trichophyton, for example, is one example.
1: Right, right. Tinea versicolor is a very common one too in the skin, where you can get white and red patches all over. But let's go Absolutely. ahead and dive deeper into the area where we don't know a lot about, which is the gut. Yes. Uh, this yes. is just a new. I mean, you know, you've been you've been studying for forty years, but really, the doctors have have no idea. Um, I've been working with. A lot of people with gut issues, and looking at the microbiome and the the balance between the fungi and bacteria, and uh, you've wrote the book on total gut balance because it's really the key in your in what your book is all about is creating the balance between the microbes. All you know, because there are if we don't have, if we only have bacteria, you're definitely gonna have more infection, right? Uh, we need yeah. and fungi. That's the way we discovered. Uh, penicillin the antibiotic drug so let's talk about that balance so in our
0: body let's let's talk about it when we are in healthy condition in healthy condition we have in our gut good beneficial bacteria as well as we have some fungus which are colonizers in other words they are there but they are at low level low abundance so At that, in this situation, because we have good beneficial bacteria, we keep the fungus under control. And in fact, they work together to be beneficial to our health. Like, for example, candida, which is, if it overgrows, it can cause issues. When it is at low level, you know, less than 2%, let's say, relative to the other fungus, If it is only 2%, it actually helps our nutrition absorption. So what it does, if you give it complex carbohydrates, it can break it down, which allow the bacteria, the beneficial bacteria, eat the byproduct and give something back to to candida. So they really are living in a synergistic or cooperative uh, situation, like we play, kids play in sandbox. The problem starts if you really change this balance. For example, if somebody, as I mentioned before, take an antibiotics, what happens in our gut, we are killing the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. Because the good bacteria are killed and their job is like policemen in our gut to keep the fungus, the bad fungus under control. When they are not there anymore, Fungi start to overgrow and cause issues, which you mentioned with different digestive uh, symptoms and inflammation and so on. So in our gut, fungi and bacteria live there. They can be our friends if we have more of the good guys, but they could be our enemy if we let the bad ones increase.
1: Mm. Dr. G, I just recently published my new book, The Kimchi Diet it's about fermented foods coming from i'm korean and i've done a lot of research on the the good bacteria the lactic acid bacteria that is naturally produced a wild ferment when you make kimchi and i found that with my patients who've got candida and overgrowth orally all the way down vaginally and even for skin Eating kimchi every day, just a little bit, a tablespoon to two tablespoons a day has completely drastically changed their microbiome and reduced their fungal level and their excess bacteria level. Um, Do you recommend that in your total gut balance?
0: Uh, Certainly I do. And it makes complete sense because, as you said, if you think about kimchi, which you know better than me because of, uh, you know, that's where it all started in Korea and the Far East, uh, uh, these fermented, good fermented food, you know. So what we have, as you said, we have lactic acid bacteria and these lactic acid bacteria. Are the policemen specifically? When I said before beneficial bacteria, I am referring to lactobacillus, okay, uh, as well as bifidobacterium. And in kimchi, it is known that you have these beneficial uh, uh, lactic acid bacteria, which keeps the bad ones under control. Also, kimchi has very beneficial other byproducts, metabolites, which also help our body. There are a lot of studies in in animals would have been shown how this benefit really eating kamshi benefit our overall health so i am not uh, surprised at all when you tell me this in your uh, great book that this is what you describe
1: right right and and with your book you know you you're sharing such great information that the microbiome is key to a healthier life, healthier future. I mean, one of the things that I found when it comes to eating kimchi is that it helps you with all sorts of inflammation, even affects your diabetes if you had blood sugar issues. Cholesterol drops cholesterol levels. It is, as we just talked about, as a natural antimicrobial agent. I mean, so much. And so what you're sharing exactly in your book, Total Total Gut Balance, is exactly that, is that once you can manage the gut and microbiome, that's when you're going to start healing.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's why the message is very simple. We have a garden in our gut, made of different, it's like we have a garden, different roses, different flowers, also we have weeds. So what we need to do, if we feed the good bacteria, the good fungi, such as Saccharomyces, which by the way, Kamsi has Saccharomyces, also part of the fermentation uh, there, we then will be able to encourage the growth of these beneficial organisms and what they do they produce small metabolites or small compounds such as short chain fatty acids and what they do these they improve our immunity they improved even our gut brain communication that's why you feel much much better while if you take care of your garden. Now, if you don't and you start eating food that's gonna encourage the pro-inflammatory, in other words, microbes that cause inflammation, then you are gonna have gut issues.
1: Mm. You know what was really interesting when I was doing the research on the kimchi microbiome, uh, the kimchi bacterias. They, they found anywhere from 900 to even 1,000 different strains of bacterias. But the main ones were lactobacillus, uh, which you mentioned, uh, Wycella, and yeah. the leuconostock. But what's yeah. really interesting is that when you eat this type of fermented foods, it's not like the human microbiome, you end up having a higher levels of that within the gut. It just shifts what you've got. Can you share a little bit about what's that what is that mechanism? what's going on there
0: It's like what you said it's like even when you take probiotic, it's the same sort of example, whether it's kimchi because it has these good strains, or you take a probiotic, it goes and balance our gut, but at the same time, they don't stay there. They are transient. It's not like you building all this huge number of them. You are just giving them subsistence, sort of you're giving them support to grow, okay? And But you don't have to worry about them because they also... Are transient that's why it's a good idea to eat every now and then of the uh or these beneficial uh, kimchi and other other foods so that we keep it's like with the garden as I mentioned we need we keep watering the garden but it does not stay <laughs> saturated all the time with water you know mm, so that's, that's such really a great way word. of
1: looking yeah. at that. Uh, that you do have to nourish it every day. And you know, that's what I recommend people to have kimchi. But if you don't like kimchi, you can use, uh, let's say uh, fermented pickles. And of course, in your book, you talk a lot about the right type of fiber and food for your microbiome. Can we go into that just a little bit?
0: Sure, sure, I mean fiber, are very, very important, as you mentioned, for feeding the good beneficial bacteria. And in fact, what we would like to do is for people to start eating more fibers, which you can get it in legume, you can get it in pumpkin in this day and age, which is very, very important. You know, it has a lot of fiber. But when I looked in my book, I said, look, we need some carbohydrates or carb, but we need the right type of carb we don't want to have a lot of sugar, okay? We need carbs that have fibers that are resistant starch. In other words, we don't break them down in our intestine. We don't have the enzymes that can do it, but when they go down into the colon, those bacteria, the good guys, they start to break it down and produce the beneficial metabolites which we mentioned. Okay, So, so if you select the right fiber the legumes the uh, we have as you know in plants there are so many uh, of these good uh, fiber barley you can have uh, you can have in unripened uh, uh, what you call bananas are very good uh, for these resistant starch
1: dr. G there's um, different kinds of fibers in vegetables soluble and insoluble. But yeah. what I find is that some of my patients, when they eat a lot of fiber right away, um, which actually I have to watch, and you know, I've given them a special diet because it can cause more problems. Will these fibers also promote bad bacteria uh, from grow- and, and promote their growth? If you had bad you know bacteria? that bacteria. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think you bring a very, very important point. When somebody is used to have a westernized diet, you know, western diet, then suddenly they switch to try to use, as we said, more moderate, more healthy diet. They need to have, of course, to include fiber. The problem, if you take too much when you start, you are gonna start having some bloating, for example. That's why when you want to switch a diet to a better diet, Take your time. Take a period for transition so that you are building, as you say, you provide some of these fibers to our good organisms. They start to get used to it. They start to uh, increase in number, but they don't generate so much uh, gas, okay? So that's why it's good to have moderation. And once you, after, let's say, a week or two, depending on a person, once you have a better balance of the gut, then your body, as we say, gets get used to the use of fiber, and you are going to have less and less uh, issues. I We did a clinical Thank trial, you. and I found that people in the first one or two weeks, they don't see much difference, even though we are starting to show that there is a change in the microbiome towards the better. But they start feeling their symptoms much better in week in week three or four will be great,
1: right, as I tell my patients, what we're doing is really we're we're feeding are the is our microbiome before even thinking about feeding ourselves, you've got to feed our microbiome because then so much other, um, you'll have a lot less symptoms and you're going to just have a much more healthier and happier, like happier for sure, because you're producing the microbiome also can produce the neurotransmitters, uh, which are called psychobiotics. I want to ask you one last question before we go, because this is a controversy and I have my own thoughts about it, but there are a lot of people now promoting the carnivore diet, carnivore diet, uh, Dr. G is when you eat mainly meat meat and yes. that's it and that's because some people really have have um major symptoms that when they start eating vegetables and carbs they really feel poorly so they just eat meat uh but i just would like your take on it because i don't believe that could be a long-term situation because you're just going to wipe out the be- good bacteria.
0: exactly exactly what do you, you think? know i really agree with you the, the problem is people sometimes they want to eliminate, let's say, let's have carnivore, all meat and this sort of thing. Remember our body, the way we are made, we are made of carbohydrates, proteins, as well as fat, okay? So if you go and eliminate all the carb and eat only meat, what you are doing, you are starving the good organisms, okay? The good bacteria and yeast in your gut. However, when you eat meat, what happens, you are encouraging what we call bile-loving microorganisms, which are pro-inflammatory, which means they encourage inflammation. That's why it does not work on the long term for this to happen. You know, it's better to keep taking your proteins, your carbs, as we talked about, like fiber, as well as a fat, but you need to select the good part of it. You know, mm. like fat, let's say, uh, a monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fat. Let's eat a lot of fat from fish, which are more useful, you know, and helping our body instead of having the ones that gonna cause problem.
1: Mm. Well, that's very good to know about, no even, know about, Ba- bile loving bacteria, because when yeah. you eat more fats and meats, you're obviously use you're uh, excreting out the liver, and then of course the gallbladder will excrete out more bile to be able to digest that. Then, just to be clear, one more question just on that. Then, rather than carnivore, let's say that it's a ketogenic diet. Ketogenic means you're eating a lot more fats, percentage of fats, low carbs. How does that fit in here? Is it the same problem?
0: It's the same, exactly the same problem. Because remember, when you are having all these fats, and they are especially uh, uh, not un, uh, unsaturated fat, they are going to cause, not only they are going to feed the wrong organisms, also they are going to cause uh, heart issues and cardiovascular issues. You know, So you cannot just depend on that and ignore the other part. We need to take a total gut balance, <laughs> as we say, you know? And I think the key to diet, we looked at that in, in particular, and we said, okay, what is the difference? So we try to select from different diets, the things which are beneficial, but eliminate the stuff which are not. I'll give you, for example, even the Mediterranean diet, which is well known to be really a good diet. However, they depend a lot on a lot of pasta, a lot of complex carb, and what happens, you you encourage the growth of candida. And there was a study which showed that people on that type of diet, they increase in the pathogen, which is the fungal pathogen candida. So it is a matter of the keto you stick to it, you are depriving the nutrition for our garden in the gut, which we need them so that we have the good organisms to grow and keep inflammation down
1: mm, i'm so glad that you made you gave, you gave us more clarity on it because that 's my belief system as well uh, one more thing I keep on wanting to talk to you more <laughs> there is one more that I wanted to ask you sure. is that uh, we talked about candida of different various yeast that grow, and there's different strains of candida uh, that grow in our gut. Is there any other fungi group yeah. that is common in the gut that a lot of people don't know about, but is uh, is um, in our gut? You mentioned saccharomyces. Is there anything else?
0: Yes, certainly. Certainly. Another uh, in addition to candida as you mentioned we have saccharomyces saccharomyces is a good uh yeast but also we have another yeast it's called pichia p-i-c-h-i-a pichia and some people call it pichia this is a yeast that is very good yeast which we find uh, we find it in the gut of people how do we know that it is good Two things. Number one, in Europe, it is used, they take yeast, this, uh, this yeast, PICIA, and they spray the produce to prevent the growth of molds in our tomatoes, our apples, and this sort of thing. Also, we did a study in uh, earlier on in 2010, 2014, we published a couple of papers where we looked at HIV infected patients, you know, with AIDS. What they have, they tend to have. Oral candidiasis or oral thrush, and we found that people who has picia, they don't have a lot of candida, and the other way around. If we have candida, you don't have picia. So we have in addition to saccharomyces, which is beneficial, we also have picia. So. In addition, you can have other organisms such as aspergillus, fusarium, but they are at low number, and it could be, or penicillium, it could be from the food we eat, you know, the cheese with having uh, the, you know, the the blue cheese, for example. There's a lot of penicillium there, but these are transient. They just pass there, and we get rid of them. They don't have any problem.
1: Mm, That is really interesting. I learned something new about fungi because I I love um, uh, I love information about fungi and how it affects the human health uh, because when I was when my son was very young he had a mold very very sensitivity to all types of mold whether it's when he would eat it or smell it in the environment. Mm-hmm. So I became pretty much an expert on mold and how to deal with mycotoxins and how to reduce mold toxicity and irrit- irritation. And yeah. kimchi was definitely a, an added plus in restoring the gut. But your total gut balance is just exactly what I recommend, changing your your the makeup of the type of foods you eat so that you can feed your microbiome optimally, and then let the magic happen on its own, right?
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, the other thing which we talk about in the diet, in addition to good the. Uh, good uh, food which we mentioned, the right type of food which we mentioned, it's very important to have a lifestyle which helps our microbiome. Like we need to reduce our stress and you come from Korea, you know how people do meditation and how people do yoga because if we do that we are going to have also a microbial balance because we are all stressed out. (laughs) We work all the time looking after the kids As you say you worry about your son and you need to relax a little bit. So that's why I say take few minutes a day and do a little bit of meditation, you know. This will help you in addition to the good diet. So that's why we have the total balance.
1: Mm. Well, that totally makes sense, of course. And in. An, in- When you think about the microbiome, it's really a total. You have to do everything to support the microbiome, Um, as you're saying. Sleep is so important for the microbiome, right? And preventing traumas and stresses. Oh boy, it's amazing what uh, some type of, like, let's say, mental trauma or stress that you're going through affects the microbiome too. We we just got to we just have to continuously. Be good to our microbiome inside and out. Well, thank you, Dr. G. Such great information.
0: Thank you very much for having me. It's really, I enjoyed it so much.
1: Me too. And the website that you can get his information about his book and what he's all involved in is drmicrobiome.com. What a great name. Dr. And that's drmicrobiome.com. incredible talk about the significance of the microbiome and microbiome and how we we just all need to nourish it optimally thank you so much for listening to this show and i hope you learned another piece of the puzzle in restoring your ultimate wellness i so appreciate you sharing this show with your loved ones total gut balance is key to helping them change their lives for the better don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already so you can continue to do our best we can do our best here on Wellness for Life. If you're suffering from any health issues and need some guidance, I work with people all around the world, and that's through phone and Skype consultations. And my contact info is available on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.